Welcome to the Kinky Cast, a sexually explicit podcast for adults. You are listening to a weekly publication, produced every Friday morning. This is our weekly exploration in the kinky world of BDSM and alternative relationships. Today, we present episode 409. Subby School, recorded at Frolicon 2021. Don't forget to stop by our webpage for information about this show and others. KinkyCast.com Hello friend, come on in, grab a seat in the circle. If anybody has ever been to my Subby School, we circle because everybody's equal in this circle. Um, We do, so I'm gonna do a quick bio. Uh, My name is Snow. Uh, I help run Atlanta Subby School here at 1763 in Atlanta. We are a discussion-based submissives group. Um, We do a little bit of training. I'm taking my mask off. Um, We do a little bit of training of cool, fun things for submissives, as well as discussions about some of the emotional, physical pitfalls of being a submissive. We do this about once a month at 1763. They have graciously allowed us to use use the dungeon lobby to hold our class um, free of charge. So everybody's welcome at all times. It does not cost anything to come. And the next, our next one is November 7th at this point. A little bit more about me. I'm, I've been in this lifestyle for 12 years of communities from Hawaii out he, and then out here and then briefly in Chicago. That didn't last long because it's cold. And actively been a slave for those 12 years. Been in Atlanta now three years. So. And we made this group because we have some really great, we really want to build a great community of submissives. And that's really our goal when it comes to subby school is to be able to connect with others and share experiences. Is my dom, this this is what my dom told me I needed to do. Is this safe? I'm sure somebody else in the group has done something similar. And we try to share experiences. So this is not a class. This is a, I'm going to call on you to answer questions too. So please share your experiences. This is what we're trying to do and build that community. Uh, We do have some class aspects where we will be instructing Join their circle. It's okay. We don't bite. We don't bite unless you ask. Unless you ask. So to begin our class, we're going to do it real quick. Uh, if you don't bear with me, I want you to give me your name and how long you've been in the scene. And normally I pick some weird, wacky shit to ask you, but today it's just going to be name and how long you've been in the scene. I am Ducky. Uh, I have been in in the scene for gosh. 30 years now, so a um, lot of experience here. Nice. Dara, I'm going on about 10 years. Uh, I'm Liza, I'm relatively new. I've been about two-ish years now. Stitch, moving on. <laughs> okay. I'm Chelsea, and I am super new to the scene as far as like being around other people. <laughs> um, and so yeah. I love your tea. Thank you. (laughs) Elise, um, I have been in the scene for about four and a half years. I'm Anna, two years. Mm -hmm. I'm Dee, I've been in the scene on and off since college, so about 10 to 12 years. I'm Kayla, about three years. Jason, 20. Okay, been here, well, not in the scene directly, but around BDSM for five to ten years. Megan, same. Colt. What was it? Colt. Hi, Colt. Um, maybe eight months now. Eight months? Wow, welcome. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Onyx, I'm pretty much brand new. Yes! Welcome, Onyx. We like brand new. <laughs> Okay, so as you can tell, this isn't a traditional class. I'm going to talk, I'm going to share some information, and then I want to hear your opinions on said information. I like to have the, the discussion built, and I feel like it really helps everybody to really gain something from the class, to be able to have some shared experiences from other people. Yeah, we've been in here a while. Yeah, we can talk your ear off. That's not what we're trying to do. Uh, so Jenny's actually going to present our topic. Part of the reason we structured it the way we did was because when I got into scene, it was with my wife and the club we went to, when you got there, first off, they only had the doors open for a half hour. It was a private club. You either got there on time or you didn't come in. Um, it was a much higher protocol type thing than what you see most of the time now. But when everybody got there, the first hour, an hour and a half, all the subs and the slaves went off by themselves. All the doms went off by themselves. And I didn't get trained by doms. I got trained by all the other subs that were there. Doms are horrible at training. Okay, they're great at teaching their preferences, but when it comes to actually training a sub, they suck. Okay? I've met one that does a halfway decent job. And I proved the point with kneeling. Most doms will teach you maybe three or four ways, unless they're interested in Gorian. And even then, even without the Gorian, I've still got three different ways, three dozen different ways to teach you to kneel. Does your dom like? We did do a topic on kneeling this uh, two months ago at this point, and we did a whole practicum of everything from basic kneel to rest to present to all the different aspects in between, as well as all of the disabilities that come with kneeling and how to help yourself if you have a disability. So. That's the kind of stuff we cover in subby school. So that's part of the reason why we try to structure it this way and why we want it to be a, more like a support group because there are always going to be things that come up that you're not going to want to discuss with your dom. I don't care how close you are. There are going to be things you just don't want to talk about. And being able to have a group of other subs that you can talk about it with is important. Okay. Um, part of what I wanted to talk about a little bit today. It's easy to go find information on lots of the, how do you do this? It's not as easy to find information on, how does it feel when I do this? Sit down. Right. You're late. So, I mean. No, no, no. Come up. No, no. Come up. Sarah, come there. Up. We, we got more chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, these are some of my regulars. <laughs> Regular clients? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> learning how to be great subjects. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry. So, you know, just how certain types of things feel and the differences. And, you know, the various types of how feelings will change as the dynamic changes and everything because it's just hard to find that information. And without having somebody to be able to talk to about it, it can get very overwhelming very quickly. One of the easiest things to get overwhelmed with is frenzy. And everybody thinks it's just for newbies. Oh no, there will be a whole bunch of people go home from Prolicon with frenzy restarted. Frenzy is one of the biggest topics I love to talk, talk about. Always, always, always. I talk about this almost every time we have a class because 
everybody experiences frenzy at some mm -hmm. point and sometimes multiple times. It's not a one-time deal. Who, do, who knows what sub frenzy is? Raise your hands, please. You know what sub frenzy is? Dom frenzy? All right, cool. I got half a group, got it. Sub frenzy or dom frenzy or any kind of frenzy is the process in which your body starts to crave things in a very concentrated space. We're at a con right now. Con frenzy is a thing. I wanna do everything. I wanna go to that panel and that panel and that panel. I'm gonna go to the dungeon. I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. When do you have a spot to rest? Did you have a meal? Have you had water today? Frenzy will overlap all of the things that are necessary for your body to function, which is how we get con drop. You also get sub drop or sub frenzy. Uh, sub frenzy starts in a, can start by any traumatic experience. It can be a breakup. It can be going to a convention. It can be uh, moving to a new city. It can be losing your job. Anything that's going to cause you to have a spurt of, well, fuck me, can cause frenzy. Frenzy is not the same as being a very responsible person looking for a new relationship. It is, I wanna touch all the things and play with everyone and I don't care what happens to me because I just wanna do it now. So that's my way of describing it. But in general, it's a drive to try new things and everything all at once. Anyone can experience it at any point in their lives. I say that there's usually triggers for it. Every time I've ever seen someone come out of a serious relationship, they are instantly on the market, dating. They are seriously doing heavy scenes. They are trying things they've never tried with their partner because their partner didn't let them or wasn't comfortable doing it or something. How do you prevent sub-frenzy? You don't. Sub-frenzy, the only way to really help yourself with it is to have friends and have a community and have people be like, are you actually safe with what you're doing? Have you thought this through? Have you, have you had a time to sit down and just think for a little while? Because sub-frenzy can last for months. It's not a one day, two day, two month thing. It can last for a very long time. I've watched someone go through frenzy over a course of six months. They decided they were very, 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 they were brand new to the scene, but they knew what they were doing. And they, they had all this experience because they were a nurse and they could handle their own pain thresholds. So within the first month and a half, uh, I watched them doing staples. I watched them doing heavy blood play. I watched them doing all these things. Six months in, every person that they had played with during that six months was a predator because they had their drop. They realized some of the stuff they were doing may not have been the safest, the most consensual, but they consented at the time. During sub-frenzy, your consent is not always the best. It's like being drunk and saying, I wanna fuck you. Yes, it's consensual, but can you really consent when there are chemicals flooding your body that make it very difficult to consent? So frenzy is very hard to deal with sometimes, unless you have good friends to kind of reel you in and be like, you need to slow down. Did you have a scene already tonight? You don't need a second. You need to go home. You need to think about it. I've helped a lot of friends through frenzy and talking to them about it, they've started to recognize what frenzy is and how it actually affects their body. You can make some really stupid decisions during frenzy. 
and it can become very perilous to you and everyone in your community. Does anyone else have any thoughts on frenzy? Any experiences they want to share? I can already tell you I'm frenzying during this call. <laughs> I have made some poor decisions, including doing like four scenes back to back to back last night that are all heavy shit and have three more planned tonight, which is not normal for me. We're going to reel you in a little bit. Yeah. Slow um, you down. Make sure you have your water. Yes. So I, I have been following the modified 3-2-1. I do 5-3-1 because my daddy makes me. Um, basically. <laughs> Otherwise, I would not sleep or drink. But I knew coming in that that was a thing. And mm -hmm. I have learned that the best way for me to deal with frenzy, because I did it when I started the scene. Yeah. I started playing with highly experienced people really early on. It was either other people who were brand new or really experienced. Mm -hmm. And I was picky. Um, At least you were picky. Yeah, no. But I was also doing like... Stupid I, shit. My, yeah. So my first... <laughs> experience with kink was a highly loaded suspension oh my. in public. Oh my. Um, in the middle of the night on a college campus. Hi friends! Please feel free to join us. We can throw more chairs in the circle. Um, so frenzy can suck. And it can suck. It sucks afterwards. Not at the time. No. But you can do things to kind of That's circle left. Spread our circle a little more. Let friends in. Thank you. You can get closer to me. I won't bite, mostly. <laughs> so yeah, there's con frenzy. Does anybody else have any frenzy experiences that they didn't realize were frenzy? Or maybe, yeah, you, I want to hear you. <laughs> I know, because you got me out of it. <laughs> I know you might have been there. Oh my god, I don't remember too much. Do you remember a lot of that? You played with a lot of people that you weren't vetting properly and you were not negotiating properly. The crazy thing is, I had amazing guidance since I started. So like, I knew all the technicalities. I didn't think I was in frenzy at the time. When I was, like, when I finally realized, holy shit, I'm in frenzy, it was just, just such a shock, because I'm like, but I've been doing everything by the book. The only thing that was, it's just like, it doesn't always have to be like, extreme cases. For example, a friend of mine could have been frenzied by, like, let's say she had something due, super important for school, like that night, but instead, if someone asks her, like, do you want a scene? Immediately, yes, you know, like, like impulsive. Like, it doesn't always have to be, like, life or death situations. I was going pretty steadily in my frenzy. It was over the summer. I didn't even realize I was in it. Snow would tell me to slow down a couple times. Like, we had a couple talks and stuff. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm not, a, like, I don't really feel it, you know? Because I've had the new sub-frenzy first time. It was, it was, like, a lot of highs and lows. This was, like, very mellow. But what it was characterized by was just there are a lot of people who I knew had s safe reputations in the club like they were good people like they didn't have you know they weren't like predatory there were there weren't any like sketch people I wasn't playing with randos I knew them in the club and stuff but looking back I really did not do as much negotiation or vetting as I should have. So like there were a lot of people I played with who I'd just seen them, seen at the club, we were friends, we've done a lot of, you know, we've had a lot of conversations and stuff. And I liked them as people, um, but because of that I, f like, I tended to forgo the in-depth negotiations. So if I did a lot of like impact scenes and I would each time 
you know how you're supposed to negotiate each time because like depending on your mood that day you might not want to do a certain thing or other never like I just go up to the club I was volunteering at 1763 and then when I was done with my shift like immediate scene you know like we would just skip a lot of the good practices so it could be something much more or like much less noticeable but I was definitely in a frenzy like I did because if, if I if I'd done this over a long enough period of time something would have seriously damaged me yeah like, I went from in rope, I went from like groundwork and labs and stuff suddenly to suspensions, which you should do partials. Like it was a whole thing, you know. I started doing suspensions with people I'd never played with before, um, even though I knew they were really good and I'd done, you know, I'd seen them do groundwork and other suspensions. It's like I knew better, but I didn't realize that I was kind of mm -hmm. loosening my standards. I guess. Yeah, you, you start to devolve into. Yeah, I can be like, What's, what's going to give me the before? feels right now? Yeah. yeah. I've done it. I know all about it. I'll be mm -hmm, fine. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick pause. You're new. Name and how you've been seen. Uh, yeah, you. Oh, well, <laughs> there, 10 years. Yeah. Sure. Ten, oh, you were here. I, you're changed yeah, positions so in my brain. Uh, <laughs> you're new. I'm new. Uh, Name and how long you've been seen. Uh, Luke. They, them pronouns. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Red. Um. <laughs> Give me a general. A year, two years, five years. Um, I, I guess I'd say maybe two years. <laughs> All right, and that means you can be learning for a couple of years. You can be practicum. You can. I just want to know in general. I'm Daria. She, her pronouns. Um, honestly, probably a year. Just kind of learning still. Did I miss anybody else over here? You went, Kamira. You went. You went. Okay. Wait, cat. <laughs> I was gonna say you know me though. I know you. We they don't know, know you. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm Kat. I've uh, been on the scene about a decade, something like that. She lives with me. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> it's not necessarily a consensual relationship. Um, <laughs> anyone else's experience with sub frenzy? Anything that you hear you didn't hear yet? I definitely am. I'm, a lot of this of us have probably experienced this, not everyone, but right when I hit the scene, I was newly divorced. Suddenly, all the boundaries that I had before were broken. Gone. I could do whatever the hell I wanted to do. I was so excited. Um, and I was just like, I'm gonna do all the things. And so when I joined in and joined in the munches, unfortunately, run into this often, and I'm sure a lot of you have, is there are a lot of predators watching for those people. And they're like, oh look, you're brand new, you just joined. Why don't we, why don't we meet up, why don't? And they'll start talking to you beforehand, and they'll start going ahead and claiming you before you even have stepped foot in. Now, there are, some, heads. <laughs> there are some really good munches out there that definitely do not let you get isolated by the single person that will grab you right at the beginning. And actually, our friend Elise here is um, in charge of one of those. So, mm -hmm. you wanna take a moment? I'll take it. Take it. Absolutely. Um, I've run the Atlanta Submissives Munch. Uh, we meet on the fourth Sunday um, in Midtown at a restaurant. And it's just a sit around, talk, and eat good food, um, share stories, just talk about whatever. We don't generally have a topic or anything. And um, then I'm also a uh, leader with Nouveau. So any of you, especially those of you that are new in the community, generally we say eh, three years or less. Um, Nouveau is a great munch. Um, 
to come to to meet other new people. We do talk about new things, and and there's a lot of really. And, but we are extremely mindful of the people who come, who are in the community, that been in the community, and we're very cognizant of those people that we might politely ask not to come back. So it is a very safe space. I've been to Nouveau much. I very much personally vet for it because. Um, my friend and I went, and it wasn't assumed we were together, which was A, awesome. Second was, we got greeted by like 10 different people over the course of the night. It wasn't all like, all at once. It was like, it's been an hour. I'm going to go talk to that person over there. And they cycled through, like everybody who had come. And it wasn't just, I sat in the corner, and I talked to the person I came with, and that was it. Everybody had someone talking to them that was part of the munch, specifically. So, Nouveau Munch here in Atlanta, it's phenomenal. Thank you. And one thing I've, since going through that frenzy, and a lot of you had, had nodded heads about people that are predatory, it's easy to say, oh, stay away from X, stay away from Y. What I learned very quickly, and it was like within the span of a month, it was like right in there, um, were things to look out for. So now I'm, I'm also a leader of a different munch. I'm also a leader of a different munch, Kennesaw Kingsters, this local in the area. And our munch isn't completely open to the public. And that's because we take a look at the people that are coming in. And if somebody happens to, to come to the munch that's brand new, we haven't met before, we have a group of people that we'll keep an eye out. We know what um, behaviors to look for. That's really big. And a lot of things that I've shared with people that are new to the community is you know, oh, don't go, don't go talking to so-and-so. That's, first of all, most of the time they're gonna be like, well, you can't tell me what to do, I'll talk to whoever I want to. Um, <laughs> but it's like, who's a brat? Everybody's <laughs> a brat, right? <laughs> um, behaviors, and when you lay out the behaviors in front of them, these are some things to look at. They're like, oh yeah, that's not toxic as shit. But if you're not looking for them, especially when you're newer to the scene, mm -hmm. They fly right past you. You don't notice that, especially if you're in sub frenzy. You're like, everything's amazing. Oh yeah. And that's so just whoosh, 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 don't So when it comes to you, I've been in the scene for 20 years and I can make you a slave. <laughs> Please. You're like, oh, that sounds great. You have experience. And then you walk away with them and suddenly you're in an abusive relationship that you weren't planning for. Yeah. yeah. You are stuck in a relationship where they control your, your expenses and how you live your life and your children going to school and X, Y, Z, things that you never thought that you were gonna let anybody ever control, suddenly they're in control and you're like, wait, this was not consensual. How did this happen? Mm -hmm. That's what this kind of group we try to prevent. Because, hey, my Dom, I've only met him for six months and I let him, he's my boss now and um, he also gives me all my money and I don't actually make any money except for if I work for him. And I'm kind of afraid to leave this relationship because if I do, he'll fire me and then I will be destitute and have to live on the street with my children. That was my first experience in this lifestyle. <laughs> he isolated me from, from all sort of social gatherings that he did not previously approve of and go with me. Um, it was very easy to fall into that trap. So we really want people to come in and learn. So I was gonna share, because it's such a, a big thing as, as submissives, I think, that we have to be strong. We have to be alpha submissives in that we have to own our submission. We have to own our own safety. 
And so one of the things that my person did when we, uh, when I was collared and we have, a, we have a contract, not everybody does contracts, some people do, some people don't. But there are specific things in our contract that um, he will never, is not allowed to have anything to do with my finances. He has to support me in all my efforts to have friends and family. And so kind of the opposite of it's written in there that he has huge responsibilities to take care of me and part of take care of me is me taking care of myself and having <laughs> life that's not just about him. Yep. So I think that someone who wants all of your behavior and everything about you to be about them yes. only, I think that's a big red flag. I completely sure. agree. I cannot agree more because, but when you're new, you're 20-something, you just got out of a divorce, you just... You know, you're just trying to explore your kinky side. It's really easy for that person to take those controls. And so typically our, our circle at 1763 is slave or sub or right side of the slash only. We do not allow any dominance, any tops, any anything in there because it is a time to be able to share openly and freely and not feel. So that person over in the corner is a dom and I don't feel comfortable talking in front of them. I've been there. We don't want that. We're just shit-talking doms. And we do shit-talk a little bit. We maybe shit-talk a little bit. I didn't do it. Is anyone a dom? <laughs> sorry, doms. Switches are sorry, like... Sorry, not sorry. Switches are subside only, or you just don't want to come, because... Okay, All right, we're going to switch back slightly to the topic. I was going to say one last thing on the frenzy. Yep. Do not think that you cannot be in a relationship and still not be in frenzy. Correct. Because me and my wife went into frenzy together. Yep. Oh my God. That's scary. When I broke two ribs, we didn't realize we were in frenzy. When I cracked at the back of my skull, we did not realize we were in frenzy. When we went through the checklist of 500 and something different things you could do, and we hadn't been in lifestyle in six months, wait a minute, something's wrong. <laughs> That's what finally figured it out. So do not think that it, you know, you cannot be in a relationship. And what is generally a healthy relationship, and that not still happen, because it just happened to both of us simultaneously. Mm -hmm. and, and this is why I preach frenzy talk every uh -huh. time I can. Mm -hmm. If you ever meet anybody brand new, please talk to them about frenzy. Please, 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 you are their biggest support network of making sure that they do not destroy themselves and their interest in the community because they push too hard too fast. Sorry. Moving on back to the topic, we're going to go back to uh, emotions in the lifestyle. That's actually our topic for today. We were trying to stay with. Um, Subfrenzy just <laughs> took us off a tangent. Frenzy is an emotion. Frenzy is a Frenzy real is emotion. Frenzy is an emotion. It should be listed. What about quarantine Quarantine frenzy, oh my god. Like, so much frenzy. Yes, so much like, frenzy. I had no contact with anybody and just got into the scene and it was like... Yes! I need to touch. Anyway. But, um, getting back to the, the emotions besides just the frenzy. Yes. Um, you know, one of the things is not only are you going to have the new relationship energy, when you're starting into a dynamic as a submissive, you're gonna have all of that kink energy going into it as well. And communication is not a good idea. It is an absolute requirement. Mm -hmm. If your communications are on a high school, high school level, you need to learn better communication skills. 
if you're working, if you'd be basically the equivalent of a bachelor's degree, you still need to keep working on communication skills because in our lifestyle, you know, those four initials encompass a great deal of different things. Is that no? It wasn't me, it was her. I didn't do it. All of my alerts turned off. I didn't do it. It was a clock, sorry. It's okay. Mine did that at my grandfather's funeral. Oh. So, so when we come down to um, emotions in lifestyle, one of the things I like to think about, how many times have you ever been with a partner and been afraid to say something because you don't want to hurt their feelings or you don't want to... Yeah, raise those hands. You don't want to put spotlight on something you may have done wrong. You don't want to put a spotlight on something they may have done wrong because their egos at at because their egos at play here. Anybody who's ever been in a relationship ever has had that experience. Has had that experience. It's a relationship emotional nightmare because until you learn to communicate as a sub-slave person and not be a doormat, you cannot accurately talk to your partner about how you're feeling and how they need, your, you need, their, they need your help and you need their help, whatever. But it's not always about being a doormat. Oh, God, no. I broke two ribs and it took me three days to tell my wife because I knew the moment I started, that the moment I told her that she broke two of my ribs, she was just going to break down crying. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to hurt her. How, how many people have actually like hidden something from their top for that same reason? Like, like for reals, you yeah. raise your hand or not, you know, in your head, you may have done something similar. Hey, I kind of actually am hurt and I don't want to tell you because I really enjoyed it at the time, but now I'm really fucking hurt and I need to go somewhere and be fixed. I mean, I went to the doctor by myself without her, didn't tell her. <laughs> and when we played the next day, because remember, we're still in frenzy, she's still hitting the same area. And I'm not saying anything because, again, I'm trying to protect her. In the end, all it does is hurt both of us because they had to reset my ribs twice and it made her feel even worse because now I wouldn't tell her for three days. Mm -hmm. Doesn't it create like some mistrust as well in the partner? Like I know that we like we do it because we don't want our tops to feel bad. Mm -hmm. This was some 20 years ago yeah. when it wasn't as prevalent of communication skills. Yes. <laughs> Back when they didn't when our community didn't try to stop people when they go into frenzy. Mm -hmm. you know, back before there was any discussions of frenzy, you know. So I have a situation kind of related to this where I might benefit from some advice if that is a thing I can ask. Yes! Um, God, yes! It is not with a, a partner I am partnered with in a lot of ways. It's a, I play with someone that owns a play space. Heard. Um, and this person is fairly well known in a lot of spaces. Okay. Um, and we have had a couple of consent violations. Okay. And we've had conversations about this and we've noticed it's not just me. Mm -hmm. um, and it is a large conversation that's being brought up and it's... All right, I hear you. Yeah. Let me play off this. Okay. We actually had this discussion at our Subby School this last Sunday. Predators in the community. What do they look like? Uh, how to vet for your person? Um, also, subs can be fucking predators. Yes. So, <laughs> we have we went through a very thorough topic of this on Sunday uh, this last week, and 
the general consensus, I hear what you're saying. Stop it. So I, I am no longer allowed to play with this human. Perfect. That is a yeah. thing. You human. did your thing. Yeah, so the first one was minor and we talked about it. We fixed yep. that, dealt with the trust. Second one was a little more major. I went past that. The third one was a hard limit that was explicitly yep. ignored. Um, but the problem isn't so much with him. Um, it's him playing with new people that you don't, that uh, you want to protect, right? Yeah, so okay. a good friend of mine who yep. bottoms for him often has told me that she has repeatedly had issues and a friend of mine on his staff yep. um, has told me that, I think she said the number was approximately 50% of the consent violation things they hear at the club are from are about this human. About the person that owns this that club. That owns mm -hmm. the club. All and right. so there's two humans and then there are submissive humans. And I've talked to the, the dominant I played with and he's like, cool, I understand. Mm. My memory's going like, mm. I, I can't, you know, I can't remember everything all the time. And I'm like, okay, but also like, so, I, I don't want to bring up everyone else's experience. No, it, you that. are valid for your experiences, but you cannot vouch for other people's experiences. All right, I have a question for you. This is not an, if any kind of way directed at you as a physical person, just as a question. When he got to the consent violation, did you stop? The, which one? Any of them. So the, the first, first one, one, I did not know happened until hours after because okay. it was a change in needle gauge. Understood. The second one, he explicitly told me he was going to do it regardless. Um, the third one, it is a hard limit because I go completely nonverbal and cannot communicate at that point, which is why it is a hard limit. Understood. So uh, this so person, pri with prior knowledge, yes. broke consent in a way that it was so there's a level of consent violations. Anybody who's ever been in the scene knows I'm gonna touch you here versus here is a hard consent violation that's hard to pinpoint at the time. Uh, versus, I had a hard limit that was discussed before we ever seen and you broke it. Versus, hear me out, we're halfway through a scene can I fuck you now? Mm -hmm. <laughs> to be clear, one of them was literally, so I know we've talked about this. I know you don't like this oh, thing God. and that we've said not to do this. Does that. You can't mm -hmm. negotiate like that scene too. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. When you're yeah. yeah. Yes. You're not oh, yeah. sober. And oh, it wasn't a question. It was, this is happening now. Mm -hmm. And here's, here's the thing to think about. We think about this in, I think, um, our, our regular world outside of our kinky world and we, like politicians, for instance, very, <laughs> and people who have power, mm -hmm. right? Like it's a no-no, and we see that that they people in power take advantage of that. Sometimes they take advantage of other people who want something from them, and it could be a, a new job, it could be status or whatever. It's exactly the same thing. So I think playing with someone to me that is that powerful in the community. I think that's a little bit of a, um, is this really the right thing to do? Yeah. yeah. Right? I, I think we have to think about that. And I think the other thing is, too, when you play, uh, you should always take a friend. Yeah. You so need to have someone there who knows what your limits are so they can be watching for you. Oh, yeah. That's imperative. That's super important. Yeah. You first. Okay. Um, so there's one thing. I've done some fetish modeling. And there's one thing that I'm very consistent about is that if a photographer reaches out to me and says, hey, I want to shoot something together, 
The very first thing I do before I ever respond to them is look to see who they've shot with recently. Directly reach out to them, not talking to the photographer. Directly reach out to a good portion of people. How is your experience with this person? They may have a, you know, just all, they are upstanding. They've got 70 wards. They've been in this for such, such many years. You, you did this recently. How did you feel about it? And there have been so many times that they came back and was like, oh, well, this person is super professional, but they really felt uncomfortable with the way it went. I'm gonna take this in a different direction real fast. I'm gonna come back to you. This is a community leader. Hear me out. This is a community leader you've played with. You've had consent violations. Guess what a good 70% of our submissive community is gonna do? Post online that this person's a predator and they can never be played with and blah, 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 blah. While that might be true, they're either gonna get A, shot down, because it's a community leader. B, ignored, because it's your business, not my business. Or C, labeled as an idiot or a problem child who will not be long, no longer be allowed in the community. Who has seen this before? Raise your hand. Have you seen it? Come on, guys, raise your fucking hands. I've seen you over there. You all like, look like you have experience. Talk to me. All right. I think it's interesting though, that I'm sure you're 100% confident who she's talking about, right? No, I actually don't have any idea who she's talking about. She's from a different community. Uh, I don't I'm actually know her. from the Atlanta community. Ah, okay. Oh, we're That's all funny. thinking. Okay. Yeah, yes, I see you. She is not from our community. You cannot pinpoint. I know her because I've talked to her this weekend. You say somebody did something and everybody immediately knows who you're talking about. That's kind of a red flag. Okay, all right, but hear me out on this. Hear me on this. Hear me on this. Yes, that is an abuse of power. But, and I cover it, we talked about this in our last hubby school. We all kind of had to come to a certain understanding. I have been in a scene where a person was labeled a predator, although I'd personally played with them and knew that they didn't do any of these kind of style actions because it was completely outside their character. I've been that person of, what are you talking about? That person's fine. The person that was calling them a predator though was in sub frenzy and then dropped. So hear me, everyone that's labeled a predator at some point in their lives may not be. Think about who they're playing with. Think about how that person has reacted to their play. It's very, very difficult to actually label someone a predator because of that. If I'm in sub frenzy and I'm gonna go allow you to do blood play on me and I just find out that you had hepatitis because I didn't check your blood results and fuck, now I've got hepatitis, you're a fucking predator, you didn't tell me. Is that really? Was that, yes, it was his responsibility to inform me, but it was also my responsibility to ask. And I didn't follow through on my port. Or they said, I, you want to see my test results? And I was like, nah, you're good. I'm fine. I believe you. Think about how our actions as submissives also impact how our people are considered predators. Because very few submissives are considered predators. But I have seen more submissive predators mm -hmm. than I have seen dominant predators. Because doms get to this point of, I don't want to fucking touch you. After the Me Too movement, this is not in quotation because of anything, this is a hashtag. Because of the Me Too movement, 
people are more stressed out about trying to approach someone to play than before. Mm. They are less likely to approach new people to play. If you do play with someone and you don't follow your own negotiation rules, everyone should have them. You are equally responsible for any negotiation breaks, any consent violations. Please respect your own boundaries as well as theirs, because you can break their boundaries just as fast as they can break yours. Yes? Kind of circling back a little bit. Yes. That's one of the big reasons why. Not saying you have a valid experience. Mm -hmm. Oh, I've considered community, community leaders who yeah. take control and take advantage are a thing. Especially since you've noticed Fucking several yes. people that have several said the same things. thing. So, but at the same time, you go online and you start saying that, it's going downhill from there. So I don't want to say anything online. My So my current plan of action, I, I mm -hmm. guess, to explain the situation. Yeah. Um, immediately after this happened, this happened as we were celebrating this person's birthday, I went to my staff member friend and went, hey, you know this thing that you know that I don't do because we also negotiate and switch and play? Um, yeah, he just did that. Yeah. And So my biggest thing on this happening, teach new people red flags, how to control themselves, how to make sure that if they have a consent violation, they call it and they're done. Do not let your new people be walked over. If you know someone just started in the scene, I'll be right with you. Um, if you know somebody is new in the scene, don't let them just go. Hey, I'm not gonna tell you that's a predator, but I'm gonna tell you to slow down, take a moment, think about it, fully negotiate, and if they break that negotiation, never talk to them again, play with them again. Mm -hmm. You can talk. But teach people from the get-go what safety is. Do not allow them to go into a community of potential predators and be free and be happy and then come back in six months and say, I was fucking violated multiple times. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing that we can do as submissives to prevent this issue is to train other and teach other people how to prevent it from happening. I know that sounds horrible, but at the same time, what's gonna happen? She's gonna call this person a predator, they're gonna disappear for six months, they'll crop up somewhere else, something else, and someone else is going to say, they violated my consent. You can't prevent predators from coming back, but you can prevent other subs from being taken in by predators. So we're planning to talk to the other owner yep. um, and they're both the people's humans because they as a team of four basically run the place even though it's in his name. Um, and I don't know, I guess my concern is how do I approach that conversation? I to you. actually give you the question I was it's, trying to It ask. is hard. It, it, that um, is a conversation that's very difficult. And because you can explain XYZ happened, you can also say I didn't do anything about it when it was happening and then it's gonna disappear. Anybody who's ever been in a scene, everyone has, where they've seen someone have a consent violation, well, what's your proof? Do you have a restraining order? Is this actually something we can deal with? Most clubs will not follow through on consent violations because there is no legal premise, and it is a business. And especially with the person. I 
know this from yes. I have to help you with actually going into the conversation. Write out what you want to say, so that even when you get stuck, you can look back down and go and just literally read what you have written. Because when you sit down with the people, you're nervous now just discussing it here. Yep. You're going to be absolutely terrified when you're sitting in front of them discussing it. In front of four doms? Like, hey, I... Nope. <laughs> Take at least two people with you, okay? And literally, if you have to, just give it to them and write it. Yep. Take copies for each other so that they can read it. All right. Uh, you. Uh, just a couple of things. Um, again, again, writing it down is a really great way. Also gather the evidence like gather the stories talk to everyone else who you know who has been violated by this person write it all down be like this is this instant this is this instant because if they have it in bulletproof form and they see how long that list is there's no like they 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 can't be like, well, did he? No, it's like this is it. And if they and if there's and, they, and if you start to see a pattern of what the violations were, it's so much easier to uh, bring in that doubt of them being like, oh no, he couldn't possibly that. Well, it's like no, but this it's a it's a pattern. Yes. So again, you know, once you point out the pattern, it's a lot it's a lot easier for it to click for people. I hear you. At the same time. You can hear someone's a consent violator that's your best friend for 10 years, and you're like, fuck that. They didn't do that. I don't believe you. They didn't do it. Not saying me. Just talking in general. It's very easy to see past other people's faults because you want to see them as a good person or because they contribute money or because they contribute time and energy and space. If you have a volunteer-based space, I'm sorry. I hear what you're saying, but the same... This is not me. I hear you, I see what you're saying, but they spend $10,000 a year and spend 40 hours a week making our place better. I'm sorry, you're, you're gonna be banned from the club now. I've seen it happen. What is your, why are you, what do you want to happen? What, do you, what are you what looking for? Yeah. So I actually, um, I spent about a couple of days um, figuring out afterwards like where fuck my brain was in terms of it. I knew I was never going to be able to play with this person again. My partner told me immediately that was a limited thing only he and I do for specific reasons because it makes mm -hmm. the unhappy brain not want to be alive anymore situation. Um, and so that is restricted play and it's very well known. And I eventually brought up the call because it is the community I am closest to but not the community I live in. Um, and so I got him on video call, the person who I had been playing with, and he and I actually had a conversation. He admitted, like, he was like, oh, yeah, no, I forgot. And it, he's not wrong. Um, I don't know if that necessarily is like, okay, yeah. like, given your situation, figure something out. So, okay, so going off of this, I do not play sexually. If anybody touches my genitalia, we're done. So imagine that in this scenario of we're just playing, we're doing some impact, and he decides to stick his dick in me. We're fucking done. But I might be so deep into my sub brain that it's not a problem until the next, until I figure out what the fuck happened the next day. A, that's where we come into the have a friend with you. B, fuck that nonsense. So I'm just trying to put a context. 
So I'm hearing you with the consent violation. Yeah. These is, this is my major consent violation. It's a very common one. So, so that was actually one of ours, except vibrator, because heard. we were in a dungeon, so no sex, because I heard legal stuff. But that's, um, that's within that realm. I mean, that, that's what I'm, because I'm, I'm, when you hear consent violation, it could be everything from, yep. I don't use paddles. Yep. I don't use paddles, it's my thing. We don't do that, someone use a paddle. I didn't notice it. It's not really consent violation because I didn't notice it. If I noticed it, we would have been fucking over. <laughs> but we talk about it. But uh, I do, I know you had a comment and you had a comment. So give me a second, go ahead. You're gonna finish your comment. Um, so he and I had a discussion. I um, got him on video call, the human I'm friends with on staff. It's like, look, I'm here if you need me, but let's, let's get this settled. And he and I talked and he told me, he's like, yeah, that happens. I acknowledge that this is yes. multiple times. Um, yes. And I totally understand if you never want to and understand if your partner say that you cannot play with me. Mm -hmm. And like, that's fine. I'm safe. He's, yep. I've been to the space since then. He does not touch me without permission. Yep. This is great. I'm, I am safe in this situation. Yep. What are you trying to get out of your community though with this? My I'm going to say allegation to because it happens. To protect other people. To protect because other people. They are an education space. Hurt. And they very much advocate when they do their tours. Yes. I, as I did my tour with this human, um, as soon as he's done, he wraps it up with, and if there's anything you want to try, let me know. I know the basics and just about everything, and I'll do it for you tonight. He needs to no longer be doing any kind of tour. How do I? So that's, so that's what you're going about. into your group? Yes. That is what you're going into this meeting talking about. I don't think he should be leading this thing because he's coming off as an expert and he has a list of violations against him. He should not be leading this class. No one who is actively looking for play should be leading the tour. That is something that I very much agree with. If you are leading any kind of a tour and you're like, let me show you my space, it can be taken as a predatory response of your space, I, I can submit to you Okay, you're a friend. You're the best person to talk to. I work the front counter of 1763. People come to me a lot and say, do you know anybody who does this? And I'm like, let me look at my calendar of who's in this dungeon right now and find the safest person. They do not run anything in our dungeon. But at the same time, I also know people that are looking for play partners that are very experienced that have done our station's ex, uh, expose, that are willing to just try something out to see if someone likes it. Not someone that's looking for a new relationship necessarily, but looking just, let me take five minutes and show you some of the stuff in my dungeon. I hear you. What you're trying to do, I feel, yeah. is to talk to them about changing this protocol to someone that's a neutral party. Because the person that runs our dungeon tours doesn't play with people. Doesn't play, if you've met Jamie mm -hmm. at the 1763, they don't play with people much. He does some electric play as a demo, but that's about it. He's not looking for a relationship. He's not looking for an impact scene. He's not looking to break any kind of consent ever. So that may be what you're trying to do with your Is intervention. That that's a very valid way because you are taking them away from a godlike, you just, you know everything because you've been here so long to a, Hey, this is around the person over in the corner of the dungeon. 
Does that sound like what you're trying to do? Yeah. The goal is to protect the other. So make sure you are very articulate and you know what you need. You know what you're trying to get. Liza, you've had a comment forever. <laughs> I was just going to, um, It's and it plays off of all of that. Um, as somebody that is now a leader in a munch, is I, I mentioned briefly before, I had gotten to really toxic yep. thing, like straight off the gate. Yep. Immediately afterwards, I wanted to say, don't play with this person. But learning behaviors something that this person did that you can tell somebody else look out for these things mm -hmm. because even not name pointing oh well that person has an amazing reputation what the fuck are you talking about there's no way that they did that point out behaviors and let people see those things for themselves because often they will it's okay. really easy to say don't play with x y and z yeah when you talk to other people and you put things in front of them and just say, hey, you're new, or even, hey, here's a refresher. There's some things that I've noticed within the community. Yep. Just keep an eye out, see if we can all help each other. Those will start unfurling. And if people come in and say, oh, well, so-and-so did X, Y, and Z, then when people get within that space, did they? They don't seem to be doing that at all. Yes, and that's, that's really hard to judge from a someone who has just experienced something like a draw and then everybody's a predator to someone who's actually had a consent violation. And I don't say that nobody who's had a consent violation has not, but the context is everything. It's like saying, I broke up with this person, and so they're a monster. They're a dick. They're a dick because <laughs> they broke up with me because I started screaming at them because they always came home at 3 in the morning. Okay. Yeah. But... Okay. Come here, you had something. Yeah. You remember? I, well, Sorry. I'm not most of that, but I'm going to feel like you've gotten the stuff you're looking for. Like, I, yeah. I just, I feel like. You have anything I, to add? Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I feel like it's something to kind of go um, in a couple directions and maybe we could like look for more directions. But I feel like this is the kind of. This is the kind of thing that we're just like collectively really poorly equipped to deal with. And yes. Like the criminal justice system we know like also cannot handle this. That's you know whatever. There is no best case scenario. It's just going to be punishment, optimization. Usually, someone would, it's like the person's not likely to come out of that and not and know how to not harm people in the future. Yeah. So and I hear you too of just calling someone out online. It's messy, people, it's like, it just, it doesn't, it's also not very effective. Well, let me so explain like, why I, I say that. Actually, yes. Kinda, yeah, yeah kind of get to like, it's like, right, so what does work? Like, what is something yeah. that is more, that isn't also just putting it on future submissives or, or future play partners. Yeah. Say, hey, let, let's try to talk to every person who could possibly play with this person mm -hmm. so they can protect themselves. Of course, we do all that work. Of course, we show those skills, but it's also like, how do you actually work with someone to understand what their behavior is and change it? And that's where I think it is really valuable to bring in other people who know that person and care about them and are connected in a way where there is some trust while being mindful of that dynamic of like, well, no, we, we all know and love or appreciate the donations of whatever, um, to kind of like discount it. Um, but, but think about like as many people as possible, or not as many, but the kind of the right people who can be involved in that. Um, and for me, like a lot of it is is looking at how someone responds to being told that something didn't feel good for them. Yeah. And it isn't so much just black and white binary of like was consent violated or not. A lot of it is like 
is that person responding to like, oh, I did like I don't want you to ever come away feeling that something you happened, mm -hmm. you know, that you didn't want to happen. So I think yeah, maybe it's just like that's one possibility to think about other people to bring in who do have a relationship who will also believe the people who are mm -hmm. sharing their experiences with this person. Yeah, what was Yeah, like, just that that also can be a, a larger, um, like a larger process that's not just about, hey, I want, you know, like, yeah. like, can we make some changes in the club, you know? So, the reason I recommend things like the changes to the club, I grew, I started my community experience in a location where people transition in and out every six months. I started my lifestyle in Hawaii, on Oahu, which is a hotbed of military activity. There is every single base on the island of Oahu. With that, you get every level experience, you get every single possible flavor of kink, you get everything from newbies to I've been in lifestyle for 20 years. But the problem is, in that community, there are people that are local and they're never going to move. And the thing we had problems with is those same locals who would live there, go out, do their thing, be a predator, consent violation, consent violation, damnation from the community, they disappear. Six months later, new group of people, they come back, they start again. Even the community leaders are like, Fuck no, why are you back? You only were gone six months, you have not fixed these issues. But every single person here, except for me and you, are brand new. They don't care. Oh, it's all hearsay. No. <laughs> so, and then again, they do their thing. Six months later, they're gone for the same reason. They come back after a year or whatever. Our community needs to really build our community of communication. With submissives, I, that's what I focus on. I'm not focusing on the dom side, I'm focusing on the submissive side. I want all of our communities to be completely inclusive, completely discussion-based. Let me learn from other people that are in the same role before I go out and be stupid. I, I need a drink at home before I go drinking at a bar. I'm not gonna go to a bar and be like, I'm gonna get a four horsemen for my very first drink. That doesn't happen. That's not gonna work. You, I see your eyes. <laughs> you know what a four horseman is. <laughs> no, you. <laughs> you need a level of experience. And I really, my goal for doing these kind of discussions and talks is to make you go back to your home community and be like, we need to talk. We need to build a community of other submissives. I want to find help of other submissives that need to be able to discuss, discussion, have a discussion and learn things because otherwise you're gonna have a new generation of submissives that don't know and they don't know the difference between a predator and just a run-of-the-mill consent violation, you know, a consistent consent violator or a one-time deal. Because we do have those that, you broke my butt. I didn't plan for that. We didn't discuss that. And now you're a predator because I didn't plan for it and you didn't plan for it, but it happened. So knowing the difference between what a constant predator is and a consent, once 
in a blue moon consent violator because everybody breaks consent sometime in their experience. Everyone, including me. Accidents so. happen. Accidents happen. Something being an accident and something being a pattern. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's like I told my children when they were growing up, and this lifestyle is very much a perfect example. When you play rough, sometimes you will get hurt. It's like wrestling as a child. Yeah, <laughs> yeah comment. Okay, uh, so first of all, on that note, uh, with brain weasels, Brain weasels. I like that. Who else has used that? I like that one. Brain weasels. I, I Those are usually really bad things for me. Brain but brain fart sounds right. weird. Okay. <laughs> the she got it. Go, go, go. <laughs> but uh, a lot of what uh, Snow's been talking about is why it is so important to listen to each other. Mm -hmm. Just like you would want to be heard and listened to if you made allegations against somebody else. Even if, if, if somebody else is making allegations, now, it's perfectly okay to say, okay, so what was the situation? What exactly was the consent violation? And if it's also okay to say, okay, uh, so it just sounds like you're mad at him. That wasn't, and that's, you know, a relationship thing, and that wasn't really a consent violation, if that's the case. Um, but I just want to encourage people to listen to each other and reach out to other subs who have been with the top that you are contemplating being with. Yes. Um, also, on that note, uh, uh, we talked earlier about negotiations, um, and especially with new tops, but with anybody who is topping you. Uh, I, I, my personal feeling is that it should be everybody's hard limit not to negotiate when in subspace. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yes. So I actually don't have that as a hard limit. I, um, for certain types of play, mm -hmm. will in With consistent partners that you are comfortable with and have known all your limits, right? No? Um, no, with pickup play. Um, We're going to talk. For very specific <laughs> situations with Just, people, it's, it is not a all the time, all the humans. Yeah. There is a, look, I know you know the rest. I, like, we, you want to experience a thing. And so I, I do a type of rope that a lot of people don't do, and that's what I like. And if I want to tie with someone, if I want someone to tie me up, like, I can't always have the time to have a three-hour rope negotiation that is as thorough as I want it to be. So I will say, like, hey, look, I'm not going to in-scene negotiate anything, like, super major, but, like, hey, if, you know, if we're going to put rope on the foot, mm -hmm. And then something happens and I say, oh shit, I need you to change something. Yes, you can ask me in that moment to put it on my toe instead of on my foot. I hear that you. Type of, yes. That type of minor negotiation. With that, I just wanted to point out real quick, it is perfectly okay to have different sets of uh, limits, different soft limits and hard limits, depending on who you're playing with. A hard limit of mine is no blood play on the first time I'm playing with somebody. but. Otherwise, blood play is a soft limit with certain tops. So you you are you can have different sets of limits depending on who you're playing with. Yes. Uh, going along the lines of never negotiate from subspace, mm -hmm. it's important to recognize when you're starting to go into subspace. Yes. Because mm -hmm. uh, I was at a BSM uh, party once. Mm -hmm. uh, I was showing uh, I was talking with a friend and a couple of her friends, and I was showing a new HUD. They started rubbing my head. 
formula and I was deep in the subspace, they took me back into the play area yes. and started playing with me. And we had not negotiated. Mm -hmm. And they started going into one of them, it's just uh, doing things that were hard, one of my hard limits. And it involved a uh, uh, typical play, which was a, used to be a fetish of mine, but because I was laughing so much, I could not tell them to stop. Mm -hmm. and, they kept, and then this one kept insisting on playing with my genitals, which was a hard limit for me. And uh, I was kind of in this space where I couldn't stop laughing, and I couldn't stop something. And so it's like, yeah, just please recognize when you're starting to slip into subspace. Yep. And it, it takes a little bit of discipline, but it really helps you so much. And so subspace can be between scenes, too. Uh -huh. like if you have more than one scene, you may come out of a scene, you may do aftercare, you may be, you know, feel like you're great, meet somebody else, you might want to start negotiating things. Take a second to evaluate where you are mentally. Are you ready? to jump into another one? Or are you still floating from somewhere and you're gonna to agree to stuff that you wouldn't normally agree to? I mean, how many times have you been stoned and thought I could do this? <laughs> <laughs> how many people are skydive stoned? Like, I mean, that's a thing. You had a comment. Okay, so my main concern with that is like, maybe you can negotiate in subspace, maybe that's something you can negotiate with your partners, but there are also those very hard limits of like, hey, we just met each other, we're gonna play, but we're not gonna fuck. And you're in subspace, you're really feeling it. And you're like, hey, I want this guy to fuck me in the ass right now. That sounds really good. And then later you're going to wake up out of subspace and you might feel really shitty about what you just did because it was a hard limit that you were in subspace trying to negotiate something else. I don't know how that works with, um, God, I'm my voice. I don't know how that works with soft limits because like maybe a, something's a soft limit until you're in subspace and you can negotiate. But me personally, I'm just like, when I'm in subspace, I'm so high and I'm a puddle and I'm like with my dominant and I'm just like, yeah, do whatever you want to me. I feel great, it's yeah. amazing. Well, that's also part of the dominant's responsibility too, to, yeah. to say, okay, I know that you're telling me to fuck you in the ass, but you said that was a hard limit. Mm -hmm. So we will negotiate this later and maybe we'll do that next week. And that can also be really sexy. It's happened in the scene yeah. with but it's like my top before. Of it happening soon. Yeah, it's been like, yeah, that sounds that sounds absolutely amazing. That later, but so we didn't talk about it. that, so we'll have to figure that out next time. Like In the meantime. Go ahead. I have a question. Um, would you consider that a violation if you two have negotiated and one want to have sex? If I think, yeah, if I'm sober and I'm like, well, it's the same thing with drinking. Like, if I'm sober and I say, I don't want to have sex, I'm going to go shit, that's not going to happen. And then we're both drunk and it's like, yes. But, you know, it is confusing because it's like, it's a hard negotiation. No, it's not going to happen. And once you're drunk, it's like, okay, but we negotiated when we were sober that this wasn't going to happen. But when you're drunk, you're feeling really good, you might want to do some things, but it's like, it's best to just say no. Yeah, but someone's inebriated in any state and they want to do something with you. I'm always kind of like, even with people I just met and I trust, I'm like, you're a little drunk right now. We're just going to go to bed and we can you later. My question though was, would you consider a violation if you had um, decided to have sex with you when you decided to have sex with you? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess if he agrees with the negotiation. Like, agrees in the negotiation, no. And then when they're sober and drunk and I'm asking for it and they decide yes, maybe it would be a violation. But I understand what you're saying if both people say yes and one person be and I think both people have to be sober in order to make any decision past the previous negotiation. Alright.
The thing that people don't talk about a lot is why you have those certain limits. I don't have sex with people outside of my two doms because I'm mostly concerned about the hygiene, STI, STD factor, right? However, if I have a scene with someone, if I have a play partner outside of that dynamic that I have, and at some point, let's say we, you know, we do share STI history, because that's my main concern, right? Mm -hmm. Even if we've negotiated, in general, if my like foundational negotiation sheet has sex as a limit, hard or soft, I know that that's a limit for me because I'm concerned about safety and hygiene. So if we're playing and after a certain amount of time, we know, you know we've shared results or whatever, and let's say we're in a scene and we haven't said we're gonna have sex, but you know, the vibes are immaculate and you know, you're feeling it and you have that energy. I know that I don't, didn't wanna do this previously because of that concern, but now that I'm confir it's confirmed that that concern doesn't apply to my situation anymore, I would not count it as a violation when I'm out of subspace if we decide to have sex then and there. So, so the situation here is a versus of, of just full relationship, full DS possibly or more relationship. I have a dating relationship. We have had sex multiple times in multiple situations versus I just picked you up off the corner and we're gonna do an impact scene. Yeah. The differences between those two types of scenes are imperative. If you've been in a relationship with someone for say nine months and you've had sex every day of those nine months, you're gonna be more lenient on the, yeah, we can have sex at the end of our scene even though I didn't plan for it, but I didn't plan for it in the sense that oh, I didn't clean up and I'm not perfect and I'm sorry. Or is it more of a, I didn't plan for it because I am cramping and didn't actually wanna do that and then so that's, I think, where the difference becomes. If, we've been in a, if you've been in a relationship with someone for a very long time, you say at the beginning of your scene, I don't want to have sex tonight. And they're like, okay, cool. But by mid to end of your scene, you're like, I'm really ready to go now. Can you fully consent to it? Because, but it, it, I think it really depends on your relationship with that partner, your level of trust with that partner. Because things can evolve in a scene, and especially in a scene that is kind of a, this is the only thing we're doing, this is, this is the only focus. Those scenes are very different from, we play and I laid out the toys and I kinda hoped that you would use them and you didn't use the whip and I was really angry you didn't use the whip but I really wanna have sex with you now. So, I hear both sides of, you cannot consent during subspace but at the same time, if you have been in a relationship for multiple iterations, I can see where they become very lax. The problem being is how your emotional, back to their topic, emotional response to that scene is. If you are really, if you are really, if you are in that really, if, help. <laughs> yeah, it becomes really interesting when all of a sudden, okay, the consent violation may be your wife. Because, okay, I freely admit I'm intersex, I'm trans, there were times I did not want to have sex and my wife still existed. Mm -hmm. Is that a consent violation? She's my wife. Mm -hmm. I said no. Oh, wait a minute. I consented to be her 24-7 sub, 24-7 slave. In this case, there is no definite answer. There, there really is it is because a... I gave her that right. 
It is reversible, but at the same time, it's hard unless you're. It's hard to put a definite black and white picture on it. Oh yeah. Because of situations, because it's like, can I drive down this road going going to the right? Yes. But what if there's someone in the right? Then you're gonna go left. So you know, it's very hard to put a black and white picture over relationships, and that's something we all struggle with. And that's something that we want to really help people to process. I hear you. I have another. I'm not done, Snow. Not done yet. I hear you. <laughs> I've been waiting. But at the same time, knowing your relationship is where it is, and knowing your communication level with your partner is what's going to take it from a consent violation to a mishap. If we've been in a relationship, looking at you, if we've been in a relationship for a year and a half and something happens, did I break your consent or did we just have a miscommunication? And that's something that as submissives, we need to make sure we are clear and concise with our dominance on complete limits versus flexible limits versus, sure, let's have fun, you know? And the, the age of that relationship doesn't determine no. the answer to that question. God, no. <laughs> it doesn't. If you've been together for 10 years, it doesn't mean that, oh, well, it was a mishap. No, it can still not necessarily. Be absolutely a consent violation. Definitely. It depends on the context of that, that. Patterns are hard to determine, especially if you've been in a relationship for 10 years. My husband doesn't do the dishwasher. He doesn't do the dishwasher. He doesn't do the dishwasher, but he will cook like a maniac. And then I want to kill him because I do do the dishwasher. I went to a club last night. I was out till three in the morning. I come home and my sink is full and I get in trouble because I didn't do the dishes before I went to bed at two in the morning. You know what? Yes, you may have cooked 10 pots and pans worth of food and it was amazing. I was not prepared to clean this shit. <laughs> Compare that though to where we're talking about because everything is very negotiable. Everything. He'll come behind me and do dishes sometimes. He's really respectful. <laughs> sometimes. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, it's, it, but it, it is also a context. I had to go out. I still had a job to do. My submissive lifestyle tells me I'm supposed to do this. But I had other responsibilities that made it so that wasn't possible. Is it make me a consent violator because I broke his consent and I didn't do my job? I had other responsibilities. You know, it goes into, it, 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 I know it's not the exact same thing, but when you look at context in general of negotiated contracts, negotiated thoughts, negotiated scenes, sometimes you need to be flexible with your interpretation, but at the same time, there are certain things that are fucking downright rigid. If I had cockroaches in my house, you bet I'd be sitting at my sink doing dishes at two in the morning. We don't, yet. <laughs> But I also have roommates that help me with said things and help me and not have to do dishes every day. <clears throat> okay, hold on. I had a series of comments. Comments. You had a comment. Do you mind if I finish my point yes, first? Yes, finish your talk. No, no. Okay. <laughs> so your question was, is it predatory if, or you know, is it a consent violation if you both decided top and bottom that you're not going to have sex, right, before the scene? In the scene, you both decide that you're going to have sex. That was your comment, right? Was that the question? I was asking her what she was saying. Right. It was a situational comment to the single person. As far as me, um, 
Okay. Because I just have a comment based on that. So it goes back to the emotions thing. The reason I want to say this is because there's just how we were like, oh, don't train submissives to look at particular people and think of them as predators. Teach them the behaviors that they can look out for. It's just this common recurring theme that I see a lot with people's negotiations where they go pretty much, they're so, it's so literal. It's like, this is my hard limit. You know, they, they go very surface level. They don't think about the why. That's what my whole point was, right? Yeah. Why is something your limit? Because uh, the thing, my, I don't think it's even more important than the relationship you have with the top that you're playing with is your relationship with yourself as a submissive. It all comes down to how much you know about yourself and you're learning about yourself. I'm not in this lifestyle to yeah. self-sabotage my journey as a submissive. I'm not, that's my number one, that's my number one goal. I'm not self-sabotaging. What does that mean? That means if I have a hard limit, I know why I have it. People don't want to have sex because something may be triggering for them, right? But then what if you feel really fucking horny in a scene? Like, you, Can you go this home is and just, use your vibrator. My, my, point is, my point is that there's no answer to whether or not it's right or wrong to change your negotiated terms within a scene because that depends on why you set those terms yourself. Agreed. Okay, so just know, think about why you set those terms. And for me, it'll be, I'll feel very disappointed with myself and I will drop if I've done something that counts as self-sabotage. If I have limits and I suddenly decide that they're not my limits anymore, in a scene, out of a scene with a particular partner, that's not gonna feel shitty to me unless I know that I, I changed that out of whim and not because the initial condition upon which this limit was set is no longer applicable. If whatever caused you to set that limit in the first place doesn't apply to that particular situation, it's not wrong or right to change your negotiation terms at any time. I don't think that it's, you know, like I think- With all, communication. Yeah. yeah, like I don't think it's inherently bad to negotiate in a scene, but as, you know, aside from that, don't fucking do it. So. All right, it's always <laughs> best to err on the side of caution in that case. Yeah. There, there is a big difference between pickup play, mm -hmm. in which case your negotiations should be focusing honestly on what is allowed. Short term. Very short term. This is what's allowed. Everything else is off limits. Because that allows you to conduct the negotiations quickly and then be able to play. They know exactly what they're, the Dom knows exactly what they're allowed to do. Nothing else. Inside of a relationship, all those rules change. Because, oh wait a minute, now when me and my wife have been together for a year and a half, we effectively had a year and a half worth of negotiations. Things change all the time, just based on, oh, somebody's sick. Oh, wait a minute, one of the kids is sick. You know, things like that. So there is a big difference between being in a long-term relationship and just getting pickup play. The oh, yeah. my, papa kept gets kicked out, my papa gets kicked out of his bed when my child gets sick, just on the <laughs> He does not sleep in my bed because my child is sleeping there. Yeah, the reason that I kept wanting to not reiterate, just clarifying that point is whenever these topics come up, the whole pickup versus long-term relationship yeah. thing comes up. The reason I want to clarify again is I don't think that has anything to do with it based on a deeper level because I'm not even, we're not even in the realm of talking about pickup play versus long-term relationship play. Nope. I'm saying my relationship with myself is what's priority here. Hurt. And 
because of that, if I'm playing with a completely new partner, entirely pick up play, in town for once, I'm never gonna see him again. If I'm doing impact, and I know one of my limits with pick up play partners is I don't want them grabbing my tits. But if something feels right, if I'm, you know, if the vibes, if your emotions during the scene lead you to wanting certain things, I know that for me, it's not gonna count a self-sabotage or a consent violation if I decide to let them grab my tits in the scene. So Because the reason that I don't usually do that is clear to me, you know? Yeah. So like my whole point is pick up play long-term relationships in my head, none of that is even like what we're talking about. No. It's just why have you set those limits and just don't fucking self-sabotage. Yeah. So and if you what, communicated that beforehand. So what she's going off of is a different level of SSC. Most people play R-A-C-K. Everybody knows what that means, right? Risk aware. Consensual kink. I personally play prick. Personal responsibility in consensual kink. I am responsible for what I do in a scene. I have learned myself, my limits, my body. I know what I want from a scene. I do not play RAC key because I am not putting my responsibility on anyone else's shoulders. I plan to have a cutting scene at some point soon. Guess what's not gonna happen? I'm not going to look at that person and say, if I get an infection, this is your fault. I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna care for my wound. I'm going to make sure I don't do it. I'm going to care for my scabbing. I'm going to also fuck with it so I can get my scar that I want. That's not their responsibility. They just cut me. They facilitated me getting hurt. I do give them a level of responsibility during the scene. Hold on. But for me, I am responsible for what happens after the fact. I am responsible for what happens during the scene because I negotiated it thoroughly and I made sure I knew what I wanted and I knew and I explained and I communicated what I wanted. And I also communicated what I needed afterwards. I have a surgeon friend who does my cuttings typically and he very much is on the I live 10,000 miles away. I can't be here to fix it if you fuck with it. And I'm like, I got this. Because <laughs> that's how we play. Yes. I was going to say, I think it's also then, I totally get what you're saying. But I think you can also then go to the top and be like, show me your tools. Yes. Bring your method to me. I bring my own tools. Mm -hmm. But like, where are your What kind of wipes do you yep. have? Show them to me. Do yep. you have your first aid kit? Like, that is part of your negotiations right. is to inspect their tools. Because you don't know if anybody's ever played rope, should know how many times the rope that the person is tying them with has been used. Because I don't know if you know this, every time rope gets used, it degenerates. Every single time. I don't care if it was tied in a bundle. Guess what? When they pulled on it, they disintegrated it slightly. It degrades over time. You need to, if you don't know how many times they've used that rope and they just kind of give you a general, I don't know, 10 times, they may not know their rope as well as you should. If you're going to be suspended by said rope, you should know. I facilitate my own toys because I know how I clean them. I know who's used them. I know what part of my body they have been bled on. You should know before you go into a scene, these kind of things, that's not typically in the negotiation handbook, <laughs> but knowing the toys of the person that's playing with you or you are playing with should 
uh, definitely be on your list. Jamal, you had a... Oh, I'm sorry. Night. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so my first name is Jamal. My last name is Jamal. Um, I was just going to piggyback more. Just comment on what you were saying. Um, I'm a dom, and when I play casual, what we negotiate on the game is what sticks. And the reason why I play like this is so that let's say if you said that you didn't want me to grab your tits or you want me to have sex with you, and then mid-scene you say grab my tits and fuck you. And then after the scene, you're kind of like, I was in subspace, I was, you know, super fucking horny, but we talked about it before you met with one to have sex with one and grab my tits. Hold on, sorry. To reiterate this, that happens to everyone. You're in a scene, you're horny, you say, fuck me now, baby. And they do it, even though you can kind of can negotiate it. They could be in dom spaces as much as you could be in subspace. They may be in just as much control as you are. As if you went to a bar and got drunk with this person and then went back to your apartment and had sex. You still had sex. You still kind of negotiated to it up until after the 12 hours after the fact, which for me, I, 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 as a submissive, I want you to really be aware that is how submissives become predators. When we say, no, 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 well, me, mm. <sighs> I know I said no, but. Kind of, yeah. And then it goes into an enthusiastic, yeah. It's really hard for some people, even if they're in the same level of inebriation, level of play frenzy, because doms can hit frenzy just as much as subs can. They just get more responsibility because they're in, in charge. I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, things evolve. Everybody always says this, things evolved and it changed and it was no longer just hitting me and I didn't, I wanted to get hit. And then their friend comes in and says, you said no sex though. Yeah, but I said this and then this happened and you were violated. I was violated? I was violated. What the fuck? I was violated. That progression of experience though, dumb. I wasn't gonna have sex tonight. She said, let's have sex. I said, okay. She said, let's have sex. And I said, yeah. And then we had sex. And the next morning she was like, wait, we had sex? Now I'm a predator and I'm in trouble because I agreed to something that you agreed to at the same time I was in the equal levels of inebriation. It's very same in a scene where you kind of build on this energy and you kind of build outside the community. You build on the level of inebriation because play is an inebriation. And it just kind of changed and it evolved. And I thought it was magical and I thought it was beautiful and I thought it was a consent violation. 
and that's the reason we come off as predators to some doms. So <laughs> we want to make sure that we don't do that. But if they knew themselves, hold on, no hold on, friend. hold on. Can I just say that? Yes. We were earlier talking about red flags to yes. watch out for, and with all due respect, this is not. I I personally tell any submissive. Big red flag is a dominant that will negotiate in the middle of a scene. Yes. I don't know any dominant that will, will allow that to happen. They may say, I get that you want this right now, baby, or whatever. We're not doing this. We'll do this later, just like someone else said. I think it's I think as submissives that's a better practice yes. that I think we should all work towards. But then we run into the issue of this is my spouse and yeah, we've been seeing for that. Pick up play, play, yes. Casual, for pick up play, for casual, inside. yes. But the problem is, is that we run into issues of I've been living with this person for 20 years and we've been having sex for 20 years and we decided to join the community five years ago and we just started and we were having a great time and I've been fucked and raped every single time I've ever played. That's the problem we run into is the difference between pick up play and I've been in this relationship for 20 years. And I, I understand it's not what you're getting at. But it does happen. I started a relationship with my husband in the intel intelligence of, I was kinky. He wasn't kinky. Well, I came back from a scene really fucking high and we had sex and I kind of broke his consent on our level of sex. That wasn't planned. I did that because I was high from a separate scene. If you are in any kind of relationship, it becomes very, the, the lines, are more blurred and that's the only thing I really want to like impact yes pick a play is super easy I've never met you before I've never played with you before but we're gonna go have a scene and it's cut and dry this is not a scene this is not sex we don't do this and that's where but then you get into the scenes where you've like we've been together for about two years and we've had sex about a handful of the times and it's half of our scenes and this kind of evolved into sex and it's kind of sex now but, so what do you think, Elise? I'm sorry, I, I, I want to cut you off, but same time. I, I feel like we, we need hard. to be responsible submissives when we help and try to teach other submissives. Yes. I think as a good practice, mm -hmm. we should not renegotiate. Stick to In your the, guns. You yes. really shouldn't. And I, I think the best oh, cops won't as, as a general rule. Yeah, and that's all we say. It is the best practice. Right. It is the general rule, yeah. not the specific to every situation. Yes. And there lies the difference. That's where I'm trying to get at. Specific situations change everything. Yes, Ducky. So I think I might have miscommunicated earlier. All right. I might have brought this into a range of things, which I think has been a great discussion. <laughs> um, but um, I don't necessarily, when I was saying earlier that like I will negotiate during the scene, it is not like renegotiating hard women. It's like... As a bottom, I know when I do pick up play with impact that like, yes, if we are comfortable, I, I am aware that there are certain things that you may have forgotten because we had 10 minutes to negotiate. Woo! Okay, I'm sorry guys, we are at 5.34, we are five minutes past our class time. I'm really sorry, finish your comment and then we gotta wrap up. But like in that situation, I, as a bottom will say, Look, I am aware of where I am at. I acknowledge the, the risk, the personal responsibility I'm taking in this. I am okay if you ask me. Please 
ask me, do not assume you can do a thing that we haven't talked about. Yes. But this does not mean you can ask about a thing that I've said no to. Yes. But if I said yes to something and you, you're curious about something that is just like we didn't. It's a maybe when we negotiated, like but. Yeah. Negotiating a media a maybe is very different yes. from negotiating a no. So you had a comment. I am so sorry. Oh well, I was just gonna say like I feel like for the best play, you should always err on the side of caution for not only just for your own sake, but also for like the safety of everyone involved. Yes. Yeah. So, like yes. again, like don't like don't like. Negotiate mid mid anything because we're yes. both high up endorphins and everything. Yes, and like it's the dom's job to like you know take also like make sure that we get through the scene I, as well in, our, in the best position that we want to be in. You know, I hear you and I agree. It is definitely very difficult to try to negotiate mid scene. But at the same time, it does happen, and I want to respect when it does happen and when it happens that is respected exteriorly. Because even as submissives, I was in a scene last night, I got hit by a shit ton of implements. <laughs> but see, I was also at the same point, like looking at them saying, okay, now what? It's not the same thing as, you know, I, they still knew my firm rules on sex. I made sure my firm rules on sex were explained Hours, but they knew months because all these people play with me. Like, but they all knew way life. before that I do not do sex. And if you touch my genitalia, we are done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and one person smacked me right at the beginning and hit my labia and hit my clit. And I was like, I hate you and you're not allowed to touch me again with that toy. But I didn't cancel the scene because of it. I processed it. I moved on. I said, if you touch me again, we're you're done. Right. <laughs> But it was it was a consent violation, but it wasn't necessarily intentional. Yeah. And I'm sorry, hi friend. All right, thank you everybody. We're so glad you came. And if you are interested in Subby School, we are here all the time. You have been listening to the Kinky Cast. For more information about this show, go to kinkycast.com. Views expressed are not representative of the management of the Kinky Cast, and we welcome guests with opposing viewpoints. The Kinky Cast is a production of Rooster in the Round. On behalf of all our Kinky crew, I'm Max.